Wow, there's a lot of red out there. Good to see. It reminds me again that this is such a special day. The day of Reformation, I know as Lutherans we're proud of the Reformation, we're proud of Martin Luther, but as we, as we reflect on all that the day means, it's not so much to honor Luther, but rather to continue the reforms that he began 506 years ago. Because the church still is not perfect. Uh, we're not perfect. And we need to con con continue in the changes that were made so many years ago in the church, but also in our own lives as well. And it begins with this, if you take a look at your notes this morning, the words of Jesus in John chapter 8. He said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You see, the, the devil has been lying to us since the very beginning of time. From, from the time that Adam and Eve were in the garden, you remember the scenario? Everything is there, it is beautiful. Adam and Eve are in the garden, and they, they see the tree there in the middle, and they are tempted by the devil to eat from the fruit, even though, though they know clearly that God had told them not to. Now, we don't have all the lines there in the Bible. The Bible sometimes skips over some things. So I'm imagining that it probably went something like this. So uh, God told you not to eat from this particular tree. Uh, well, that's right, Adam or Eve would have said. And the devil then probably would have said something, well, you know the reason why, don't you? It's because God wants to keep the best fruit for himself. Because that's how God is. He doesn't want you to have the good stuff. You see, if, if you got to eat from this tree, then he wouldn't have as much. You see, God just wants to put you under his big old thumb. He wants to play with you and have fun with you, but he wants to keep all the good stuff for himself. And that's the way it's always going to be. So kids, the devil probably told Adam and Eve, kids, we are going to get God off of our back. And we're going to rebel, and we're going to do our own thing, and we're going to be free, and it's going to be the best life ever. And that's the same lie that he perpetuates today. God is this big old thumb, and he wants to hold us down. So we need to, to throw him off, uh, to get rid of him, to do our own thing. Because only then will we be truly free. Well, this morning what I want to do is, is go a little bit through history. We're, of course, familiar with the events of the Reformation. And we have the words of Jesus here who's talking to the Jewish people uh, 2,000 years ago. And he has told them that, that they are not free. This devil has promoted liberty, but slavery is always what he delivers. And it's no different in, in any people that we might look at. I can imagine Jesus' conversation with the, with, the, with the Jews because, again, not everything is recorded. And they say, how, how can you say that you will set us free? We've, we've never been slaves to anyone. And I can imagine Jesus might have said something like, oh, really? Okay, let's, let's go back and think about this. I'm a Jew. I know, I know the history. Uh, do you remember that thing uh, that we celebrate each year called Passover? Do you remember that? 
You know that we were in slavery there in Egypt for 400 years. We were making bricks as a people. And we didn't even have any straw. We had to go and make it ourselves. And then, and then yes, the angel of the Lord came and delivered us. He passed over us and killed all the Egyptians. Now, it's true that we had a number of centuries of freedom. But then, well, the Babylonians came in. You remember that? Yeah, they took us away for 70 years. Do you remember how they, they destroyed our, our homes and our vineyards and our gardens and our trees? Remember they destroyed this, this big old temple here? This is not the original. It was, it was destroyed. And we had to tell our children that Babylon was not their, their real home. Do you remember that? No? Well, okay, then what about uh, the, the Persians? They came after the Babylonians and they oppressed us. And then there were the Greeks. Do you remember them? No, you don't remember any of that? Well, oh, look at this guy over here. He is a Roman soldier. Romans, uh, they are our conquerors. You think you're free, huh? You, you still think you're free when you have to pay the exorbitant taxes? Now, I am guessing, and I do not know, but I'm, I'm guessing that Jesus did not speak in that snarky kind of a tone. Probably not. But he was pointing out that people, including the Jews, who said that they were never slaves, that we've all been slaves in one way or another, and we've been a slave to sin and to the devil. Now, we're here, we're wearing the red because it's Reformation Sunday, so we've got to talk sometime about the big, bad Roman Catholic Church. So here it is. Not today's church. But the medieval church. Now, you know, we like to point our finger at, you know, the, the, the bad guys, but we were a part of that. Luther was a part of that. It was the only church. And what it was, what it was peddling was this. That, yeah, we have the cross, and we're all agreed that Jesus died there, and his blood pays for our sins. But what the church was saying was, that it wasn't enough. And that you had to be perfect before you could enter heaven. So here's our first audience participation point of the morning. Uh, well, Dana kind of did this with the kids, but how many of you are perfect? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, those of you who are men, point to your wife and say she is awfully close. Okay. Awfully, awfully close. Yeah, if there is a saint, she is it, okay? So, yeah, none of us are perfect, and that was the teaching. So you had to be perfect before you could enter heaven. So no, since none of us ever achieved that here on this earth, they invented this thing called purgatory. And the people were a slave to this idea that after you died, you would have to go to some nebulous place. And number one, first of all, you had to stop sinning. Now, let me just ask you a logical question. If you could not stop sinning here on earth, how are you going to do it in purgatory? Well, you're not. So you're going to be there an awfully long time. And then, number two, you had to suffer. Now, there's suffering here on earth, to be sure, but it would be even worse in purgatory. Now, the church being creative and also being generally 
poor came up with an idea that uh, even though there are some saints, like your wife, who's almost perfect, and she is, you know, she is getting some good works that are getting counted as extra points, not only for herself, so her purgatory would be less, but also for you. And so the Pope began to hand out indulgences. And at first it was just for those people who were, who were truly remorseful over their sins and maybe did some extra good work. But again, the church is poor, and, and the, the Pope is building St. Peter's, the same St. Peter's that you see in Rome today. And the coffers were running a little bit low, so he came up with the brilliant idea of, we'll just charge people, and then they can buy indulgences. And then you don't have to spend nearly as long in purgatory. Luther, who was a monk and a priest, card-carrying member of the Universal Catholic Church, says this is not a good idea. Because we heard again today in the book of Romans that grace comes, or that, that uh, salvation comes by Jesus, by his grace. Even Abraham, through his faith, it was credited to him as righteousness. It's not by the works that we do, but by the works that Christ has done. Now, what really got his goat and really pushed him over the edge was when the Pope sent all through Europe his men to sell indulgences, and not just for your own sake, but for those who were already dead. And so this man, his name was John Tetzel or Johann Tetzel, he would go through the land, he had this little jingle, he was a good, good salesman, this little ad, that went like this, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs. And it could be your mother or your father or your uncle, or even the aunt that you didn't like so much, but you really don't want to see her suffering in purgatory, so you could pay for her relief. Now, Today, as, as I mentioned earlier, Reformation isn't so much to celebrate what Luther had accomplished, but rather to remind us that the reform of the church and of our own lives goes on. Today, I would commend to you that the church whole, generally, has as many problems as it did at the time of Martin Luther. For example, there are so many, let's call them modern or liberal churches today that want to peddle what I would call false doctrine. Hopefully you would as well. We'll see again as we continue this morning these the mantras of the Reformation through Scripture alone. Scripture is our guide, not the ideas of human beings, but Scripture alone. And yet there are churches today that say that there are all kinds of paths to heaven. Not just what the Bible says, but maybe even other world religions are true. And maybe you can get to heaven or whatever God or some higher power has planned for us after this life. Or they will say that it, it's not by Christ alone, but it's simply by the sincerity of your belief. 
And I would also suggest that money grubbing today is just as prevalent as it was in the medieval church 500 years ago. How many of you have heard somewhere on TV probably, or maybe listening to a podcast, that says something like this, that if, that if you just send money into my particular church or to my ministry, that God is going to bless you tenfold. You know, actually, a couple of years, and this is true, a couple of years ago, I got one of those letters, I won't say who it was from, and, and it said that if you give a little seed money to this particular ministry, then you will receive ten times that much in return. Now, I was tempted. I didn't. I, I wanted to write a letter to this guy and say, if you truly believe this, then why don't you send me some money? Huh? Send us a little seed money here, right? So you could be blessed tenfold. Or we have the name it and the claim it preachers today. If you want this, God loves you so much, he will bless you with it. It's simply to say that the church as a whole, the universal church, needs to continue to be reformed. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't say something about the Lutherans. <laughs> uh, after all, we admitted earlier, none of you raised your hands, or very high, that you are perfect and neither is our church. Now, again, do not misunderstand. <clears throat> I love the Lutheran Church. I love the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. I believe that our church is still a wonderful, God-blessed church, that we expound the Scriptures in a way that would be pleasing to God, in a way that is as close to pure as God intends for it be. And yet, we also have our own foibles. We have our, our own pitfalls. And one of those is what Dietrich Bonhoeffer once called cheap grace. Cheap meaning that it, it costs a lot for Jesus, of course, but it costs us nothing. And that is absolutely true, but so often we take it to that extreme where if Jesus died for us, it doesn't matter what I do. Because after all, he's going to forgive me anyway, right? And so if I tell a lie, that's okay because it's covered over by Jesus' blood. If I miss a couple Sundays, well, that's okay because God still loves me. If I lie or cheat or steal <laughs> or treat my wife poorly, it's okay because, after all, all my sins are already forgiven. It's then that we need to remember once again when Jesus says that everyone who sins is what? A slave to sin. If we think that only it's only a little lie and we continue in it, soon it becomes a big lie. It's like the alcoholic who thinks, well, it's okay if I just take one drink. I really didn't hurt anything, but it soon becomes another and another, and another. And so this morning, we want to continue and to truly focus on how we are set free from the lies of the devil, from the slavery that we are so often entangled in, to know that we are free, 
free because of what Christ has done. And so the truth indeed does set us free. But I want you to understand, and, and you can write this in your notes and circle it and put a big star by it, truth is not a philosophy. Oh, yes, uh, Jesus tells the truth. He says the truth. But what does he say? He says, I am the truth. The truth is a person, a real life, flesh and blood, historical figure that was miraculously born 2,000 years ago, conceived by the Virgin Mary, born there in that stable in Bethlehem. The truth grew up and lived a perfect life in your place and in mine. The truth went to the cross. He was nailed there by real iron nails. The truth bled real blood. The truth suffered real pain. And the truth died. But then the truth rose. And that same truth now is ascended and sits there on the right hand of God. And he sent his Holy Spirit to live in your lives and in mine to guide us into what all truth. That's the truth. This person, the God-man, our Savior Jesus, who continues to provide freedom today from all sin, big sins, little sins, Catholic sins, Lutheran sins, Sins of commission and sins of omission. The sin where I do what I know what I shouldn't do. And the sin where I don't do what I know what I ought to do. It covers all of them. And this truth alone continues to provide the freedom that allows us to abide with Jesus. Now I know none of you had to come to church this morning. Can you say to the person next to you, thank God you did? Can you do that? Thank God you did. And then say, thank God I did. Thank God I did. Because this is how we abide in the freedom that the truth has provided. Let me encourage you. Be in the Word. Because that alone tells the story of how our God has overcome sin and the slavery that the devil, through his big lie, wants to shackle us with. Memorize the word. So it's not only in your brain, but it trickles down to your heart and then extends out through your hands and your feet. So those good works that the church once peddled in that treasury of indulgences, the good works are not done so that you can get into heaven, but the good works are done so that you can honor the God of heaven. Abide with Jesus so that you can be the truth the words of truth to those who do not yet know 
to those who are still under the bondage of sin, who are slaves to the lies of, of the devil and their own sinful flesh, so that they too may one day have their soul spring not out of purgatory, because there is no such thing, but from hell itself to be with the Lord of heaven forever. What a tremendous reformation that could be. Amen? Amen. Let's all rise and make